0: Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to verse 20, King Jesus commands his disciples. He not only commands his disciples, but he commands his church. Hear these words again for the fourth Sunday. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, we confess our imperfection. Lord, and we confess that your word is totally perfect. And Lord, this morning we need Your Word. Father, by Your Spirit, give us the light of understanding Your Word that we will go from here living in Your light. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we embark upon the last of the four E's that we have covered over these past four weeks. We dealt with evangelize, establish, equip, and today we come to export. We've looked at discipleship. And these four E's, my intention for you in hearing them is it's just, they're just a simple method for understanding and for practicing discipleship. Here again, brothers and sisters, our definition of discipleship, as I learned it a long time ago, And it's printed in your bulletin as well. Discipling others is the process by which a Christian with a life worth emulating commits himself or herself for an extended period of time to a few individuals who have been one to Christ. The purpose being to aid and guide their growth to maturity and equip them to reproduce themselves in a third spiritual generation. You remember that I told you the definition of the church. The church is the called out assembly of God's people out of a world of darkness. God calls his church to himself through evangelism. And when people come to faith in Christ, when they become new believers, then we are to establish them in their faith in Jesus Christ. After they've been established, then we are to equip them that they might be complete in Christ, complete in their preparedness in Christ. And after disciples of Christ are equipped, then they are prepared to be exported. Well, you may say, Terrence, what in the world are you talking about with the word export? To export means to mobilize, to move, to send. And I do want you to keep that in mind as we go through the message today, Jesus exports his disciples in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. And you, brothers and sisters, it, it, he, he exports them after he has equipped them. And I want you to hear this morning, you are exported after you have been equipped to reproduce disciples of the Lord Jesus. This morning, I want to leave you with seven As you go, exhortations. Seven, as you go, exhortations. Verse 19 in your English Bible reads, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. In the Greek that verse reads as this, As you are going, as you proceed throughout your life, as you journey through daily living. Jesus means for you to be making disciples. Jesus means that now that you are a disciple, now that you are a follower of Jesus, making disciples is also a part of your life. And brothers and sisters, it's a part of your life individually, and it's a part of our life, collectively, as the church of the atonement. Hear now these seven, as you go, exhortations from God's Word to you. And I am going to skip around some in the the Scriptures. They're all listed for you there. They're not all printed. But I'm going to try to deal with all of them. Number one, as you go, remember the authority of Jesus Christ. Number one, as you go, Remember the authority of Jesus Christ. In verse 18 in Matthew 28, Jesus says, all authority in the universe is given to Jesus. We look across the scope of the Bible, which we, we know that to be God's history of redemption. We see that Jesus is the last Adam. Jesus accomplished what the first Adam did not. Jesus lived the perfect life as the Son of God in human personhood. He obeyed God's every command which we break. Jesus offered His life in the place of you and me as the substitute, as the payment for sin, the payment that God requires, which is a life for a life. Jesus gave his life for ours. Jesus is now the king of the human race. Jesus is now the king of every ethnic group across the ages of time because the son became one of us and did what we could not do, offered his life to God, and then he got up from the grave and he reigns over the universe. Jesus, after rising from the dead here in our passage, he sends his disciples, he sends out his apostles to the uttermost parts of the earth. Why? To gather a people from every tribe, from every tongue, and from every nation. Hence, the call to worship this morning from Revelation. Jesus... Sets the agenda for his disciples. Jesus sets the agenda for the church. All authority belongs to him. And by the authority of King Jesus, Church of the Atonement, we go forth to make disciples for Jesus, both locally and internationally. And isn't it a great privilege? I'll be here two years in January. But to even see with our dear brother and and his wife coming here, to see the fruit of missions in this church is a blessing. This leads to number two. As you go, remember Jesus went to those in spiritual darkness to make disciples, and so do you. Number two, as you go, remember Jesus went to those in spiritual darkness to make disciples, and so do you. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 13 to 16, we see a prophetic fulfillment about the life of Jesus. And hear it now. And leaving Nazareth, he, Jesus, went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. Jesus moves to Capernaum to fulfill what Isaiah said many, many years ago. Zebulun and Naphtali were two of the tribes of Israel. They were two of the sons of Jacob, two of the sons of Israel. And their lands were in the northern part of the kingdom of Israel. This particular verse, I think, is very important for this reason. In the history of Israel, when the the two kingdoms were split, the northern kingdom worshipped false gods. They went the way of the people around them. And in 722 B.C., God destroyed the northern kingdom. God brought judgment on them because they worshipped idols. That land fell into a deep, deep spiritual darkness. And here in our passage, Jesus goes to a land filled with darkness. Why? They needed his light. They needed his light. You all, the nations of the world need Jesus. The people throughout all the nations of the world who are not disciples of Jesus live in spiritual Darkness. Their hearts are in rebellion against the Creator. They are unaware of Jesus Christ who is the light of life. And our passage says that Jesus is the light of the Gentiles. Jesus is the light of the nations. As you go, remember Jesus went to those in spiritual darkness to make disciples, and so do you. This leads to number three. As you go, remember Jesus taught and called people to follow him, and so do you. Now, we don't call people to follow us. (laughs) We call people to follow Jesus. As Jesus goes, excuse me, as you go, number three, remember Jesus taught and called people to follow him, and so do you. Matthew 4, verses 17 to 20 demonstrates this quite clearly. First, notice Jesus' message. Jesus began his preaching ministry in Capernaum, it says there in verse 17, which is Galilee. But what was his message? Repent. Repent. Repent, for the kingdom of God has come. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Well, what does that mean to repent? It means to turn, to turn away from to change i was at a life group in our church and one of our dear sisters here vicky hasuna she told us that she read that word repent in the french bible and she said it opened up a, a new understanding of it for her to turn away from sin and do do remember what sin is sin is missing the mark of the standard of god's glory Christ's message to the people dwelling in spiritual darkness in rebellion to God, they're out of fellowship with God, in broken relationship to God, their creator, was a message of repentance. It was a command for them to turn away from sin and to turn to God by turning to Jesus. And as Jesus went, he taught unbelievers what reality truly is. He taught them what their reality truly was. He taught them what God demanded out of them, which they were utterly failing at and we continue to fail at and he taught them what the remedy for their life was Jesus is the remedy Jesus is who people need Jesus came because people need the truth and we live in a part of the world where people don't want you to tell them what the truth is I get quite angry at you and label you as all kinds of different names And yet the Lord says, who has all authority, give them the truth. Jesus' disciples still go, why? Because people need the truth. Second, I want you to notice Jesus calling Simon and Andrew to be his disciples. Jesus, walking by the sea, sees these two brothers, and he speaks to them in a way that they understand they're fishermen. He gives them a compelling vision. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. I remember when I was in college, Now I'd heard this scripture many times as a kid, but I remember it, being challenged with it in college. It made me think about evangelism differently. Jesus gave the brothers a, a new perspective on their life and on life in particular. The linchpin, though, was in his call for them to follow Jesus. Peter and Andrew could never catch men apart from Jesus. You can never, ever catch men and women for Jesus apart from Jesus. We desperately need him every step of the way. Matthew 28 verse 18 needs to shine very brightly in our minds, you all. The King Jesus, King Jesus, he's our brother as well, but he's our King, he's our Lord, he's our Savior. He's got all authority, he's got all power, all governing power. He's got all say-so over all things, even now. Our church, you all, it exists to worship the triune God and to make disciples. It really is that simple. (laughs) To worship God and to make disciples. Disciples. Peter and Andrew immediately followed Jesus, the Word of God, who is Jesus. He changed these men forever. These men, history records, they would go on to die for their calling, and they did. Laid down their lives for the Savior. And they have continued to be spoken of since the first century. Why? Because they followed Jesus because they have followed Jesus, because the other disciples followed Jesus, we have our church here this morning. That is something that continues just to blow me away. They were obedient. They were faithful. Getting the word out. Getting the word out. And, and we can come to church this morning. Our women can be away at a women's retreat this morning. Why? Because they were faithful. Well, number four, as you go, remember to be mindful of the shepherd. And I get this from John chapter 10. I'm going to zero in in verse 16. John chapter 10 discusses the good shepherd. He tells us about his characteristics, his purpose, and his mission. Chapter 10, you know, it it alludes back to Psalm 23. But in chapter 10, the good shepherd is contrasted with thieves and robbers who seek to destroy what belongs to the shepherd. Jesus tells us in John 10 that he is the good shepherd. Now, shepherding may mean nothing to you, but it does in the Scriptures. The shepherd took care of his sheep. Some of you have, I'm sure, read, uh, I think his name is is Philip Keller. He wrote a book called uh, A Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23. I I definitely recommend reading that book. When I was in college, the guy discipled me. He took us through that book, and it gives you a great picture of the life of a shepherd leading his sheep caring for his sheep. Well, Jesus cares for his sheep. Jesus searches for his sheep. He says his sheep know the voice of their shepherd. They listen to the voice of their shepherd. Jesus is the Word of God, and the Word of God finds Christ's people. The Word of God finds the Lord's sheep. And this is yet another incredible example of the power and the necessity of the Word of God, the Scriptures, for making disciples. Disciples and sheep, of course, they're synonymous. The Word of God creates disciples. This leads to number five. As you go, remember to be mindful of the lost. you might think, you know, in, 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 in common Christian language, you hear preachers and, and, and other people talk about people are lost, people are lost, and... You say, well, where does that come from, that they're lost? it comes from here, John 10. Sheep sometimes get lost, and the shepherd goes to find them. According to John 10, verse 16, Jesus says, there are lost sheep in the world. There are lost sheep in your families. There are lost sheep in your schools, in your neighborhood. There are lost people in the cars beside you. There are lost people walking up and down our sidewalk even now. As you drive, as you ride the metro, as you fly in airplanes, as you travel by sea, how do you know they're lost? They're not walking according to the voice of the shepherd. They are not walking according to the voice of the good shepherd. Their lives do not reflect the transforming power of the shepherd's voice. They are lost people. The shepherd has sheep all around us who need to hear his voice. And you are the conduit by which that happens. God uses you to speak the word to lost people. Jesus says he must bring his lost sheep. This leads to number six. As you go, remember to trust the words of the good shepherd. You know, Jesus promises in John 10, verse 16, he said, they will listen to my voice. Sometimes evangelism is incredibly scary for some people. And here the Lord says, they'll listen. The ones he's calling, they will listen. Everybody won't listen. But Jesus' is sheep, they will listen. And we don't have to be afraid. You know, the Lord, he wants his church to grow, and he wants atonement to grow by lost sheep becoming disciples of Jesus. This leads to our seventh and last point here. As you go, remember that your instructions are focused and clear. As you go, remember your instructions are focused and clear. We're to make disciples. It's the only active verb in uh, in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. It's the, the central verb make learners of Jesus, instruct people to follow Jesus. He says, do that through baptizing and through teaching. He means for us to have Jesus interactions or gospel interactions with people. Well, what does baptizing do? In baptism, we place upon disciples of Jesus the sign of Christ's Lordship. Baptism is a washing with water by either immersing in water, pouring of water, or sprinkling with water. Disciples are baptized into the name of God, the Trinity. Baptism demonstrates bringing other people into the covenant family of God. And baptism is done in the context of our local church, of the gathered assembly of God's people. Baptism identifies you with the Christ. It identifies you with his church, with the covenant people of God, disciples of Jesus become a part of the church of Jesus. When we live out in our local congregation, which we live out here in our local congregation, a church of the Atonement, and then he says, teach disciples, or to teach them, we to instruct them. Instruction involves showing, directing, guiding, pointing to. It is educating. One of the things I I thought was pretty fascinating, the word educate, its original meaning was to lead out of. To lead out of. Teach them to observe. Teach them to persist in obedience. To keep, to fulfill, to pay attention to. To observe all that Jesus, the God-man, has commanded. And here we remember that the commands of Christ are the commands of God because Christ is God. Teach disciples to persist in obedience in all of God's word, the Lord says. The word of God now seen through the fulfillment of the Old Testament by the Lord Jesus. King Jesus places emphasis on the absolute necessity of the word of God for all people and especially his people. Disciples are made through the teaching of the Bible evangelism what is evangelism it's teaching non-christians people who are not disciples of jesus what the bible says about god man salvation by faith alone in christ alone through grace alone about judgment and about all of eternity and i leave you with two takeaways you remember the two takeaways amen they're quite simple spend time with jesus is the first one spend time with jesus Evangelism is an overflow of your spending time with Jesus. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. Now when they, this means the the, the scribes, the Pharisees, the high priests, Peter and John have been thrown into jail for healing a man, and now they've been brought into the court of the religious, the Jewish religious authorities, And Peter, in essence, he evangelizes them. And this is what I want you to know about spending time with Jesus. In Acts 4.13, it says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. When you walk with Jesus, people will recognize it. The last thing is this. My challenge to us as a church. Ask God to give you one for the gospel. One for the gospel. And several people have told me they've been praying about it. And think that they have some people in mind. (laughs) Hallelujah. Ask God to give you one for the gospel to be evangelized to be established, to be equipped, and to be exported. Let's pray together. Our Father, in the book of Acts, before the Lord Jesus ascends into heaven, tells his apostles that the Holy Spirit's going to come on them. And when the Holy Spirit comes on them, then they will become the witnesses of Christ. And they will become the witnesses of Christ in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria, and indeed to the uttermost parts of the Earth. We're over here in Maryland, in the United States, and God you have graciously seen fit, cause the glorious good news of Christ to go all the way from Jerusalem, all the way here to the United States and this, all across this globe. Father, we thank you that you, you, your plan is happening, and it's happening according to your plan. I pray that our congregation would be faithful to the word in our everyday life, that you'd keep us from idols, and we would love you, spend time with you, and teach the reality of you to those all around us